0: Well, it is an honor to have Apostle Dale Armstrong with us in the house. So let's um, be ready to receive what the Lord would say through him. Be willing to make changes. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Well, glory to God. Isn't God good? Let's open our Bible to the book of Job, verse 22. We're going to talk about getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's always good to know when you study something, where does it fit? How important is it? And I think one of the things to keep in mind is that your life in being led by the Spirit will by and large depend on how well you know Him as a person. Being led by the Spirit <clears throat> is essential to walking in God's plan for your life. And yet to hear Him better and to be able to be in a position to to trust Him and to follow and respond, why we have to know Him. And what a privilege to get to know the Holy Spirit because, number one, He's a person. I think we need to emphasize that over and over again. Because if we're not careful, we'll fall into the trap of of seeking power for its own sake and forgetting that all power comes from God and that the Holy Spirit isn't power. The Holy Spirit is a powerful person. Amen. Now certainly there are and there have been manifestations of power. And when we talk about that, it is important because by and large, in the body of Christ, we've lost these supernatural manifestations. But sometimes when we, you can get into the ditch on either side of a road, can't you? You can, you can get in on the right hand side of the road driving down, or you can get in, in the ditch on the left hand side. And sometimes we overemphasize power to the point we lose sight of the wonder of the personage of who he is. And he wants to be known. And He wants to become acquainted with you. Here in Job 22, look at just verse 1. It says now, uh, speaking of God, acquaint now thyself with Him. Acquaint now thyself with Him. I realize we have probably several different translations in in the house tonight. And they all will translate this a little differently. Several of the modern ones I think are a little bit weak. The Hebrew word itself speaks of becoming familiar, becoming familiar. Now, that's even in English maybe not a a completely good word because you can become familiar about something and and still maintain a distance. But this familiar is familiarity. It's the difference between meeting someone and getting to know them to the point where you let your hair down and you can sit with them and talk with them heart to heart. That's becoming familiar. I've met some interesting people in my life. You know, I, I, I only got to meet Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, twice. Once, I was down on my knees sorting photos at Rama Bible Training Center. My uh, cousin was his secretary. And... Uh, She knew I came. My father was a photographer, so she introduced me to the photography department, and they put me to work sorting photos. And during the summer, I hadn't even become a student. And uh, so I'd go in because there's no way I wasn't going to. didn't matter if I had a job or not. I have a chance to look at all these photos. I had to go through every photo in their ministry. And boy, was there a bunch of strange ones. Apparently, every time Kenneth Hagan went to preach at a church, he took a picture uh, of the sign outside the church, which had the date and, and the name of the church. That's how he kept records. And so, I'm, I mean, there were just hundreds of just pictures of church signs. And I'm going through all these. Most of them were black and white. You know, I'm going through all these photos. And somebody came up behind me. I'm on my knees and poked me. And I jumped up and turned around and here it was him. And now I'm doubly scared. And uh, uh, he shook my hand, said something and mumbled and, and went off laughing. And then later, about 20 years later, I got to shake his hand at a door leaving a banquet. I'm not acquainted with him. I got to meet him, but I was never acquainted with him. I was never acquainted with him. See, I got to spend a couple hours with Kenneth Copeland in his office and him and his wife, and that was a privilege and an honor. You know, got to spend two hours and share my heart with them, and they shared their heart with me. And they they prayed over me three or four times, and Gloria prophesied over me. God bless her. And what a privilege! I was excited, but I'm not acquainted with him. I doubt he'd remember my name. Maybe by the Holy Ghost he might, but that that's not familiarity, right? Now you're not familiar until, until they call you in the middle of the night, you know, and you go over and sit on the couch with them and they stick their foot up on the table and their big toes sticking through the hole in their sock and you, and you, and you're laughing and you know, and, and, and eating, eating, uh, uh cornflakes together and talking about the things of God and you're letting your hair, that's becoming acquainted. You see, so many of us, we've been introduced to the Holy Spirit. Don't let, this, don't let this go over your head. It's an important message tonight. We've been introduced to the Holy Spirit. We even have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But He wants to become acquainted with you. He wants to become familiar. He wants to become your best friend. Amen. And isn't it wonderful that we can? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's wonderful that we can, that we, we have a common walk with the Lord. Amen. Now, turn with me over to John's gospel and let's look at this. You know, there are some, it's a, it's a characteristic of the cults to degrade the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is only a power or in degrading the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is only a part of the Father, meaning the Father's spirit. But the Bible brings out that he's a person who is unique from the Father, unique from the Son, and unique in and of himself, performing something in our walk and in our life that the Father does not perform. Performing something in our walk and relationship that the Son does not perform. You see, and we, we don't have all the time to go through all of the, the teachings. But see, when you get acquainted with him, he'll take you through them. Amen. But we see biblically several different places where we see the Trinity uh, revealed. One that I, I think especially acute is the baptism of Jesus. When Jesus went up to John the Baptist to be baptized, the Bible said that Father spoke from heaven that the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and the Son below was receiving both the word from the Father and then received the baptism from the Spirit. So we see these interplays with the Trinity as our first step. But once we recognize the Trinity, we have access to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. And here we see Jesus making a, a, a tremendous statement. In fact, let's, look, let's start rather in John 16, and then we'll kind of go backwards. But John 16, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And then follow down with me to verse 13. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come. He being a masculine pronoun, by the way. Not it, but He. And I'm sorry for those that want this inclusive, sexless language that they're trying to thrust on us. It's not neuter either. It's He. Amen? Uh, Amen. And don't, don't get too upset if, you know, I'm not, I'm not against women. I preach freedom. In fact, I don't think women say amen enough to some of the things I say, but we'll get at that later. (laughs) But this attack on the Bible, uh, it's, it's, it's silly. They're not after the truth. They're after an agenda. And they want to emasculate it. And, uh, you know, there in, in, in Psalms 1, you can open some of these modern translations. The Hebrew says, blessed is the man. Well, we don't want to offend the women. So we say, blessed is the person or blessed is the one. Well, I don't want to offend the women either. How come the foolish man is still the foolish man? <laughs> go, go, go on, look in your Bible. Read right on there in, in the book of Proverbs. You get to the foolish man. He's still a man. Well, I can take it. Amen. I've met some foolish men. Hello. So see, see, they're not trying to seek the truth or they'd have changed foolish man into foolish person, wouldn't they? But but also, wisdom is always a woman. How come, how come they don't change wisdom? Go on, y'all looking at me like a dog at a new pan. You look in the book of Proverbs when it talks about wisdom. Wisdom is always a woman. Oh, well, you women! You just aren't catching on. You you miss all these opportunities to shout. Wisdom isn't ever. It's never in the masculine. Women. Wisdom is always a woman. Hello. And there's a whole chapter to a virtuous woman. Show me a chapter to a virtuous man. Anyway, enough preaching. God's not against women. He set women free, but he sure is against these liberal agendas. Boy, that's way off subject. Is the Holy Spirit a woman? No, the Holy Spirit's a He. Deal with it. In fact, He's a helper and He's going to fight for you. And if I got to get into a scrape, I'd rather have my daddy fighting than my mama. Hallelujah. Amen. How'd I get in all that? I don't know. But anyway. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come? He's a person. He'll guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of or about Himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, Jesus said, for he'll receive of mine and he'll show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. See, now here again we have this interplay that I wanted to emphasize. We have the Father who has all things, and we have the Father sharing all things to the Son, and we have the Son revealing all things that the Father shared to the Son to the Spirit. I just want to emphasize this unique position so that we we don't get confused. There are three persons in the Godhead. Three distinct persons in the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we come to the Holy Spirit, we're pretty established on the person of the Father and the Son. But when we come to the Holy Spirit, I think we watch Star Wars too many times. And we think of him as a force. Well, he is forceful. He is strong but He's also a person. And because He's a person, while we can fellowship with Him, we can become acquainted with Him. Oh, praise the Lord. We can become familiar with Him. Familiar with Him. What do I mean by that? I mean we can let our hair down. He'd tell us His secrets. The secrets of the Lord belong to those that fear Him and know Him. Hallelujah. I remember one one time I'd come home from uh, a day of, uh, and, and I make fun of it, but it was true. It was a long day of ministry and, and, uh, ministering to a lot of people and, and, uh, wore out. You know how you, how, how you, when you're driving home late at night and you just want to be in bed. You don't even want to be in the, behind the wheel. You just, I just want to, I want to, your body hurts. You're so tired. Maybe none of you ever been there before. And, uh, I mean, I was young in the Lord. I worked a full-time job. But I also pastored. I preached twice on Sunday. I preached Tuesday night to the Bible study. Then Thursday night we had prayer meetings. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday I had to have a Bible study. And then once a month I had a meeting on Saturdays. I like to be busy for Jesus. And this night I came home and I was so tired from a Bible study. And, and you know how it is. You get excited and you gotta, after you have a Bible study, well, you gotta eat if you're not a Christian, if you don't eat afterwards. And, and you, and you have all this fellowship and this food. And here you are pulling in home around midnight and tired. And, and all I wanted to do was just, just get through the door. I'm not even going to turn the lights on. You just make it to the bedroom and drop clothes as on the way. You know what I mean? And the wife's asleep, the kids are asleep. And I walk into the door and turn through the kitchen, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke. Let's have a cup of tea. Did you ever have the Lord ask to have a cup of tea with you? I sat up till four or five in the morning with the Lord having a cup of tea, and the Lord just came down and started talking to me. He ministered to me, gave me three of my best sermons. I didn't study for him. He just gave them to me, showed them to me. I wrote them in the margins of my Bible. That's the best cup of tea. I still remember that time I had a cup of tea with the Lord. I got acquainted with him. And in life, you know, well, he said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. It's in James 5. See, if you want it, all you've got to do is draw an eye to Him. Fellowship. See, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so you can, you can get to know the Holy Spirit. He went to heaven to be glorified, to sit at the right hand of the Father so that this, this new relationship with the Holy Spirit could take place. So, so new that in John 7, John said the Spirit wasn't yet. Which is really a doctrinal hard, hard, hard one to follow. We 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 entered into the holiest of holies, where priests that have gone before have died when they would enter in. We we walk in and just scoop up the mercy seat because the blood has covered us from sin, and we can now fellowship with Him as a person, and and sit in silence at His feet and learn from Him and talk to Him. And the, and the amazing thing to me is He's interested in what we say and what we know, and what we want, and what we desire. John 15 really uh, uh, magnifies it. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Well, that's two ways, isn't it? Well, Jesus said at that day, talking about the day of the Spirit, He said at that day, it's in John 14, He said, you'll know I'm in the Father, and you'll know I'm in you, and you'll know you're in me. All three different relationships. He said, why? Because that's the day when the Holy Spirit comes. And the person of the Spirit comes. But he doesn't speak on His about himself or of his own initiative. You ever been with someone that's quiet? Talkative people don't know much about God. God doesn't talk a whole lot. Boy, but when He does. What's that old commercial? When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Probably, that's probably way too old for most of the folks in here. And only the gray haired ones are smiling. But anyhow, uh, God, God speaks. He's quiet. The Holy Spirit is quiet. The symbol of the Holy Spirit is a dove. They're, they're sensitive and flighty. Always blesses me. Terry and I, for years, we've had a dove that'd make a nest over the door of our house, of our kitchen. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm too weird. Sometimes I just feel like it's a sign. I like to wake up with that cooing dove. Good morning, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know it's a bird, but anyhow, humor me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he, he wants to become acquainted with you. And it's better that Jesus would go away. Imagine that. It's hard to imagine. They say, well, I sure wish I was Peter. And I was there, you know, and Jesus said, come on, walk on the water with me. Oh, the Holy Spirit, He'll, He'll invite you to places. He'd scare most people. Amen. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Now, He didn't just say that to us. He said it to those 12 that had access to Him in His person. I'd understand it if he said it to me. It's better for you that I go away so that I could have the Holy Spirit. But hold hold on a minute. They had Jesus. Are you following me? See, he wanted to get inside us to where the still small voice is available to us, where we could become one with him, where we would know that, that Jesus is in the Father and that, that Jesus is in us and that we are in him. And this this amazing relationship that we have, but now, friends, that's the that's the real point: is we have the relationship, but do we have the fellowship? Amen. You see, just by virtue of of this one verse, it's expedient for you that I go away, and I'm going to send you another comforter. I taught you a few weeks ago in the Hebrew, or in the Greek, there's two words for another: Ilos and heteros. Heteros is another of the same kind. Alos is another of a different kind. Got that wrong. Heteros is a different kind. Alos is the same kind. And Anyway, when he said the, the Holy Spirit is another comforter, he's another comforter of the same kind. Another comforter of the same kind. You know, Jesus couldn't replace himself with just the force. You know, Luke, close your eyes and... And concentrate. Come on. Jesus couldn't replace himself with power. A package of Duracell batteries isn't going to replace Jesus. Amen. Now don't get me wrong. I've seen the power of God, but I don't talk to the power of God. It wasn't a, it wasn't a person in the bones of Elisha, right? It was power. And when a dead man was thrown into the cave and fell down on his bones, he, he, he was raised from the dead. That's power. Right? But that's not the person. That power comes from the person. Who Glory. See, they looked at Moses and his face shone. But his face shone because he just spent time with the person. And the Lord talked to him face to face. Amen. Acquaint yourself with him. Oh, the power will come. But power but you don't talk to power power's inanimate you know what inanimate is i mean i mean a, a, a rock is inanimate uh, uh power even if power's alive like a flower power's not going to talk to you now i might talk to flowers because of faith and command it to grow some of you look at me weird but jesus cursed a fig tree and i'm not a very good gardener so i speak to my stuff hallelujah <laughs> When I met Terry Ann and went into her apartment for the first time, she had this it looked like a greenhouse, and she just went around talking to all of them. and then I thought, well she 's either got faith or weird. I found out she 's a woman of faith. Amen. And then little kids came, and nine tenths of them were poisonous. Hallelujah. That ended that so uh i, I don 't know I'll speak. i 'll speak to a tree, but uh you know what? Uh, they don 't talk back hello, if they do, come see me. <laughs> you might need a little help, right? Now, 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 hold on. Moses stood in front of fire in a burning bush, and a voice spoke, but it spoke out of the fire. See, there was a person now. Everything changed, didn't it? It changed from being fire to being an angel of the Lord, a person. Why? Because you're communicating. Amen. And I suppose if, if I talked to a flower and said, good morning, Mr. Flower, and the flower said, good morning, Mr. Armstrong, things would change in my perception of this flower. There's, a, there's a personality. There's a personality with vocabulary, with intelligence, with emotion. See, it's hard for us to think of a spirit being a personality. I think that's why we, we have some image of the Father as being fatherly and sitting on the throne. We have an image of Jesus being a person because He walked the earth. We could see Him with, with, with His body. So we have this link. It's easier to see the person of the Father and the person of the Son. But when we come to the Holy Spirit, we don't have a face. How, how can a spirit have a personality? Well, they do. And that's one of the most important things to understand is that not just Holy Spirit, not just good spirits, not just angels, but evil spirits are personalities. They're not just uh, uh, attitudes. A spirit of fear is not an attitude. It's not a motivation. It's not an emotion. It's a thinking, willing, emotional dog of a spirit that you ought not allow in your presence. Yeah. That's why when you say, go to a spirit of fear, you're not talking to, ooh, this feeling I have, like you're psyching yourself up to overcome it. If that's what you're doing, that's probably why it doesn't leave. Amen. I remember I was, uh, uh, just pastoring our first church, so I was 20, and a woman came, and, uh, she, she wanted to talk to me after the service and she said, uh, Pastor, do you believe in demons? I said, I, said, I, I always had a, a, a pithy phrase. I'd been asked it several times. I said, No, I don't believe in evil spirits. I know they exist. Well, I believe in God. I cast out evil spirits. And uh, she stuttered a little bit and then she started to break. And uh, began to share that her husband was demon-possessed. And they had him locked up in a straight jacket and a whole nine yards. And then, you know, my, I had compassion on her. Well, because she'd been raised in an unbelieving denominational church. And, and uh, I won't tell you which one, or the Methodists would get angry at me. <laughs> but that's how she heard about me. And, and uh, so I said, yeah, I'll, you know, would you come visit him? I said, yeah, I'll come. And uh, it's fun to be young and dumb and not know what you're going to get into. And So I went and finally we ended up, it's a whole process to get through all these locked doors and everything. And and, uh, I mean, he was tied up. They they brought him in a wheelchair and a straightjacket in the wheelchair tied to the chair. And as soon as they brought him down the hall, he hadn't even he, he he's incoherent she couldn't communicate with him. He didn't know she was there. He didn't know I was there. But I could hear him in the hall. He said, Oh brought the preacher with you, huh? And he just went off and I won't repeat what he said is all F this, F that, all foul. I mean he was just foul, foul. And he's went off talking about that before he even saw me. So my spirit. Raised up. They brought him in, set him to my left, and she was set across from me and kind of in a little sort of a circle. And he just wouldn't shut up. And she's crying and trying to talk to me and explain h- how he used to be. And uh, I was tore up listening to her, and he's just literally screaming, vulgarity, and trying to get out and trying to snap and bite. When you see a human being snapping their teeth like a dog, it's, it's, it's just, it's not right. And I'd keep, I'd look at him, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to the Father. I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? I don't know what to do other than what I read in the Bible, what other people told me. But what does the Lord want me to do? Thank God you have the Holy Spirit. He's a person. I'm not alone. Whew! It's good not to be alone. Jesus said, I'll not leave you without comfort in the King James. That word there, it's in John 14. He says, I won't leave you orphans. Oh, I like that. He said, I won't leave you orphans. Well, now then, if the Holy Spirit is so we're not orphans, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any other way but what He's a person. Right? I mean, I, I'm sorry. Hey, Siri isn't going to make me feel less of an orphan. It's not just knowledge. It's not just the force be with you. No, it's a person. But I'll never forget what the Spirit of God said. This guy's going off like a mad dog. And the Spirit of the Lord said, don't let him talk like that in my presence. I never thought of it that way. I turned to him and said, shut up in Jesus' name. And I'm not making this up. Some, some people might think I am, but I'm not exaggerating one iota. I said, shut up in Jesus' name. And he went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he could do for the next half hour was mumble. He would not, his lips never parted. <laughs> Don't let him talk like that in my presence. He's the Holy Spirit. That impacted me. What do we allow in his presence? What television show do we watch with him, and wonder why he doesn't talk to us? I'm not picking on TV. Some sometimes we're so we're so power focused. Well, I need the power to overcome. I'm a addic- pastor. I'm addicted to nicotine. I can't stop smoking cigarettes. Well, quit trying to stop smoking cigarettes and have one with him. See how long it lasts. <laughs> see, somewhere that's... There's another way of saying it. It's the fear of the Lord. But see, the fear of the Lord is the awareness of His presence. See, I've, I'm with... I've, in the past seven years, I've been with some very st- amazing but different people. Dif- I mean, as far as the f- field of life, I've, I've never been in before. And almost to a man... Especially the men, well, actually, a few women, there's one in particular swears like a sailor uh almost almost all of them. It's funny, they'll say some bad word and then they'll catch themselves and they say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't talk like that in front of you." And I always laugh because they just talk like that in front of God. I said and I just tell them I said, "I don't mind, don't 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 bother me, none. you know don't 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 do it on my behalf, you know." And then it's amazing and it opens them up that you're not one of these religious freaks and you can end up ministering to them, right? But see, even a sinner talks different in the presence of what he considers to be a man of God, right? How come we as Christians don't do that? Somebody said, well, pastor, I want to fight this sin. Well, you don't have to fight it alone. Yeah, Acquaint, become acquainted with him and invite him into your problem world and take him into your problem world with you I'll tell you what, it'll hurt you it'll hurt because eventually you'll focus on him and you, you don't want to displease him and you'll just shut that world out now I don't know, I probably shouldn't say this because it'll twist up some of your brains too much I realize that, but Uh, uh, I don't know why maybe somebody in here struggles with nicotine do you know it wasn't always a sin in the body of Christ did you know that did you ever hear of the great preacher uh, Charles Spurgeon you ever heard of Spurgeon yeah he smoked a pipe well when he smoked a pipe in the 1800's they used to prescribe tobacco for asthmatics I was one as a boy and my, and I smoked one puff of a cigarette with my brothers out, out behind the barn kind of thing, you know, nearly died. I fell over and nearly died. They got caught with cigarettes because their little brother couldn't handle it. And they used to prescribe that for asthma. Thank God medical science has advanced a little bit. Amen. But Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers, that the body of Christ has ever had smoked cigarettes. Well, not cigarettes, pipe. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I guess the Holy Spirit was somehow was able to overcome that. See, the bottom line is most people don't have enough courage to be honest with the Holy Spirit. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this either, but when I first got saved, I wasn't uh, instantly sanctified. I, I, I swore like a sailor. I, I played football, and if you didn't swear, you weren't cool. Probably nobody in here knows what I'm talking about, right? You know, it's like I used to always say, if I'm talking about you, just keep smiling, look straight ahead. <laughs> nobody will know I'm talking about you. you just I'm not picking on you. Just get through it a little bit, you know. But I mean, I didn't know any better. Because I hated religion, and when I met Jesus, it was real. And I knew it wasn't what I'd been raised in. And, 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 and he took me for who I was. For probably the first six months, I'd swear when I prayed. I'm ashamed to say it now, but I didn't know any better. But I was just honest to God. And he seemingly, you know, he answered the prayers. I, I found God respects you if you're honest with him. Because when you confess your sin in, when He found out about it. Right? No, but we want to get to know Him, so that means we need to talk with Him and fellowship with Him and, and have more than a relationship, but have fellowship with Him. See, and it doesn't take long. Now, now, follow me on this. Don't don't twist your theology up too much. You You fellowship with Him... I don't swear anymore. Why? Cuz I hung around him. Right? I've I've known I've known folks. We had a Bible study my wife and I in a home where a, a fellow and his wife got saved. And they were uh from the well not the, they weren't hippies, but they were from the long-haired weed smoking, you know, society. Only you old people know what I'm talking about. Anyway, cuz you youngers you you went off the cliff on a whole other issue, <laughs> and uh, uh, but this husband and wife, you know, the husband had longer hair than she did, and I, I actually thought it looked pretty cool. But he got saved, and we started. And he, he we had the Bible study, and he'd smoke cigarette while we're, while I'm leading the Bible study. I don't care. I'm gonna get him. And I ain't going to get him by condemning him. And I learned a long time ago, if there's one thing I know, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I ain't going to convict nobody of nothing. Y'all here? You going home? Because Paul talked about it. Such were some of you. Just because you're washed and you're sanctified, you forgot who you used to be. I don't know about you. I used to be a pretty ugly cuss. Right? Some of you maybe still are. I don't know. Just I'll keep looking. But spend time with the Holy Ghost. So we had the Bible study. I never said smoking cigarettes was a sin. I never even brought it up. I'd have gone and bought him a pack if he'd have asked me. But all, all, after about a month, all of a sudden the cigarettes just disappeared. He's walking in victory. What happened? He and the Holy Spirit had an interchange. It's where convictions come from. The Bible says the Spirit will convict. And this interchange between Him and the Holy Spirit, see. See, I I knew what that was all about. Because for me, the Spirit of God got on me about my music as soon as I got saved. I'm not going to stand up and say, that music you listen to is going to send you to hell. You need to repent and get rid of all that music. No, I'm going to tell you, spend time with the Holy Ghost and and your music will change. Why? Because he doesn't like that crap. you date a girl and change your music, you liar, sitting there being a hypocrite. You'll change your musical taste in a minute if she looks good. It's the truth. Some of them women, they just don't get, they don't know when to shout. Hallelujah. So if you'll change because of something like that, well, you spend time with the Holy Ghost, you'll get into His music. I don't like music where He doesn't come on the scene. Some of this Christian garbage. Ain't no different than what we used to listen to. I know you're not a redneck, but rednecks used to listen to this music is nothing more than just crying in your beer. Make you feel sad and lonesome, and oh, it's just a hard life. And, and if you, I don't know why, that's the only emotion they ever wanted to, 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 to pet. And then this Christian music comes along doing the same thing, and you think that's worship. Ugh, makes me want to vomit. <laughs> well, the reason it makes me want to vomit is according to the book of Revelation, it makes God want to vomit. Amen. So, so I got with the Holy Ghost, and I had all this music. I had, I had uh, everything of Johnny Cash. I, I, I mean, I had Thirsty Boots and, and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, then I, I did have those uh, Beatles, and I had the Eagles, and I had a whole bunch of other stuff. I got I got into some of the other rock, you know, and and uh, wasn't a whole lot because I wasn't didn't have a whole lot of money. Most of those I'd pawned off my brothers. But I had an interchange with the Holy Spirit. See, I'm not preaching against those, the, the music. I'm preaching that once you get to know the Holy Ghost, you'll have an interchange with Him, and you'll just, things will just start dropping off. And so I took all that music out in the backyard with my shotgun and a box of shells, and I had fun. And it works. It's really, I mean, pull! <laughs> Boom! And there goes the Beatles. It's a lot of fun. But I also had a whole bunch of science fiction books. I had a whole wall of books. I I was a reader and uh, my mom taught me to read. Moms, you want to do anything good for your kid, teach them how to read. And uh they just don't shout in here anymore. What? I don't know what it is. <laughs> and 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 you you know, my mom taught me how to read, thank God, and and but I'd raise I'd mow lawns and raise money and go buy these science fiction books most of them are full of liberal nonsense if not demonic stuff I got into a couple of the genre that was just flat out murderous and put a spirit of murder on you reading about conan and all these sword fights and all these kind of things and and you feeding your youth and well I had an interchange with the holy ghost I was going to burn him and the Lord said, no, don't burn those. And I thought, huh? The Lord said, take them down to the used bookstore and sell them, put the money in missions. I thought, oh, I'll redeem them. So I, I took was probably a good thousand books, took them down to this used bookstore, sold them, put the money in missions. Boy, that felt good. And it set me free from all the influences that they put on the inside of me. Now, I'm not talking about tobacco or music or reading the wrong books. What am I talking about? The Holy Spirit. See, because if you want to get to know Him and you want Him to impart into your life, you want to talk about the same things. It's no different than going to that New Year's Eve party with people you don't know. And you kind of mingle and you go from one group to another and you get up by a bunch of girls and they're talking macrame. And you move over to the other side until you find where they're talking about how the Steelers are doing this year. And then, you, then you, got, you you fit, right? And you stay away from that eagle group. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Well, why would, why would the Holy Ghost want to talk macrame with you if His subject is, is souls or His subject is prayer or His subject is wisdom? He wants to, he wants to fellowship with the things that, that are of God. And you get in line with that. he'll show up, he'll talk all night long. Amen. That's why I remember I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit along this line, acquainting myself with him. And I read there in Hebrews 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the Spirit of God asked me, how come you're pleased without faith? And I never saw it flipped that way. Aren't we supposed to be like him? Well, if he's not pleased without faith, how come I am? How come I find that to be acceptable? No, if there ain't faith in it, I don't want anything to do with it. That's why some people, they'll make these appeals and they'll show me a starving baby, but but I'm not going to put my money there. I'm sorry, because there's no faith in it. They're they're trying to manipulate me. When the Bible thoroughly talks about giving joyfully to the Lord, I want my faith behind my seed. Plus, if you're going to manipulate me in TV with the video, and I know there's manipulation behind it, how do I even know if that's a real video? Because if it doesn't evoke faith in me, I'm just not, it just becomes a qualifier. Where did you get that? By spending time with Him. See, you spend enough time with someone, you become like them. It's even scarier. Terry and I, it's been 37 years. I married her because she's so different. But see, that you celebrate that difference and you find out it just, it's just like this. And you get closer because of those differences. See, if it wasn't different, it would be like that. Right? But because there's differences. Don't, 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 don't go divorcing her because she's different. Repent and quit being stupid. And realize those differences are what will hold you closer and tighter together. Amen? And you, but, but something about her has gotten over onto me. And some things about me have gotten over onto her. You even start looking alike. Yeah, go look at old people. Keep smiling, look straight ahead. Not now. Quit looking at Jean. No, you fellowship with with people, you become like them. You fellowship with God, you're going to become like Him. And you won't even know why. You're in tune. You're in sync. Well, what it is, is you're abiding. You're abiding. And what you will, He will do. Why? Because what you will is what He'd do if He was in your place and you are in His place. But only when we fellowship with Him. Turn to Philippians 2. You get anything out of this? Amen. See, I'm more and more convinced that you want the power, but you're not going to have the power without the person first. I had an encounter in a meeting with Lester Summerall. You've probably heard me and Zach has numbered the, the story. Uh... <laughs> but he laid hands on a whole bunch of pastors and I was last in line and halfway down the line he's he's prophesied, he's really slathering them up good and I can't wait, Lester Sumrall's going to lay hands on me he's a mighty man of God, I'm going to get prophesied over and this is going to be a great day and I'm never going to be the same again it's probably going to launch a whole new phase of ministry you know, your when you're stupid Don't look at me. You know there's some prophet comes and you pulling, oh, he's going to call me out, you know, because I'm special and God's going to say something to me, right? And that's all going through your head. And I'm standing there. I can't wait till he's going to pray for me. Halfway down the line, the Spirit of God said, get on your knees. And I look down the road. There ain't nobody on their knees. I ain't getting on my knees. I don't want to draw attention to myself. That'd be wrong. I don't want to get on my knees. And as he got closer, the Spirit of God repeated it two or three or four times. Get on your knees. I didn't want to get on my knees. Until he got right to the next guy to me and and the Lord said, get on your knees. I got on my knees and Lester patted me on the head and walked off. He didn't even say so much as in Jesus' name. He patted my head. And I stood up. When I stood up, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, when you learn to obey me, then you'll be anointed. See, power will come, but not without you knowing the, the person. Amen? And, and it's, it's as, you, as you develop that intimacy and you become familiar with the person, you're on familiar terms, well, then the avenues of power open up. Here in Philippians 2, well, in saying that, that's why I emphasize that's also where being led by the Spirit. Comes in. See, a lot of times we we make the same mistake. I want to be led by the Spirit, and and so how do I hear from God? What's the still small voice? What about dreams and visions? And you get over all into the power side. Why don't you just get to know the person side, and he'll teach you all about that? Amen. And uh, you you don't need to be have a master's degree in all those methods it'd be better that you get to know the Master, right? Philippians 2 verse 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, by the word, that word consolation is paraclesis. It's a derivative of paraclete, which is the word comforter that we were talking about. If there is any uh, paraclete in Christ, someone who comes alongside to help, if any comfort of love... Now notice this, if any fellowship of the spirit, that word fellowship is koinonia. You can't fellowship a rock. You can't fellowship a tree. You can't fellowship electrical current. You can't fellowship power. You can't even fellowship with a dog. I'm sorry. They're alive, but you can't have fellowship with the dog. Amen. Amen. Who do you fellowship with? Someone who's on equal quality and terms. Because that's why you want a fellowship. But you can fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's a person. And as you fellowship with Him, you become one with Him. Because that's really what fellowship is. You find some mutual point. Isn't that fellowship? If I sit down with you in fellowship, we're going to talk about something that we share, an insight on the Scripture. A belief about our Father, a hope for the future, something we're going to fellowship. But we got to find common ground. That's where fellowship is. We might have a common ground. Sam Rohr started American Pastors Network. Asked me to be on the founding board. And one of the things that amazed me is we we ended up with sixteen pastors one one meeting in my office here in Lancaster. And and I looked around the room, and we loved each other, and we had fellowship. On a normal, on any normal Sunday, we should kill each other theologically. We did not belong together in that room, all the different denominations, but we were fellowshipping around the common denominator that that uh, the, the liberal, cultural, Marxist left was destroying our country, and the churches need to wake up. And I don't care if you're Episcopalian or Methodist or Presbyterian or Lutheran, if if you if 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 you've got that same uh, revelation that the churches have gone to sleep and we need to wake up and save our country, all of a sudden we're having engaging conversation and and falling in love with one another. Now, as soon as we start talking about doctrine, we might pull out our knives and kill each other. But we were smart enough to keep those theological swords in the scabbards. Right. They all knew I spoke in tongues and I got a couple of them ready to slip into the creek bank because I kept my mouth shut. You know what I mean by slip into the creek bank? I mean, they're going to they're going to fall in, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, they were first. You know, they're afraid to be sit next to you because he might jump on them. But they, you find out that's not going to happen. But then they begin. I had one of them took me to lunch and we're sitting there. He's a Baptist. And he said, how come you speak in tongues? I mean, it was like, come out of the blue. And I thought, because it's biblical. Oh. <laughs> that lasted him for about two weeks. He went back and studied his Bible. Oh, he's close. He's so close, just a little nudge and he'll slip in. That, that creek bank is slippery. Anyhow. But see, you have to have something in common to fellowship. Even when you, 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 you dated that woman and she later became your wife, there were a lot of differences, but there were those commonalities and that's what you like to talk about. Maybe it was music. Maybe it was a movie. Maybe, maybe it was a politic or some, some goal in your life. There's some mutual quality, right? Do you have that with the Holy Spirit? Sure you do. Sure you do. He's, he's interested, number one, in you. He's the one who came to live with you. You didn't go live with him. He he come into my house. He wants to change my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy... I talk to the Holy Spirit. Some people think I talk to myself. I don't. Now, I will talk to myself. Not in a sense of I expect myself to talk back. I'll leave you with that. I talk to myself... I'll say, it's time to get up. I don't know about you, but if I don't do that, I ain't getting up. So I will talk to myself. You can do this. right? I'll say those kinds of things. But no, I talk all the time, but I'm talking to him. I don't know, probably a couple times a week. Terry will come up and say, did you, did you ask me something? Was you talking? No, no, no. I'm just praying. I'm just talking to the Lord. You know, oh, I thought you wanted me. No. No, I'm talking to the Lord. Talk to the, talk to the Father. Talk to the Spirit. He lives in you. Commune with Him. Fellowship with Him. Get up in the middle of the night and have a cup of tea. And I'm, and I'm saying this because that's what I want for you. And I believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to have an encounter with you on a personal level. And when he does, I want to hear about it. Tell me. These are exciting things. I mean, if I met Donald Trump, you have one right now. Hey Amen. Well, stand up. Popcorn. You know what I mean by popcorn? Keep it short. <laughs>
2: So, last night I was driving home from an event that I was at, and Efrida exit underneath the bridge was shut down. And so, I had to get on 222 to go out to Denver to get back on 222 to head down to Lancaster. I didn't know any other way. (laughs) Um, And I was frustrated, and it was late. I was like, Mm. I'm annoyed. There was a lot of opportunity to just, you know, oh my gosh, this is so much extra time. Called my dad, I was like, I don't want to be in the car this long. Like, but I was like, okay, I refuse to let anger or bitterness or whatever is trying to operate, operate right now. Just cast you out and I'm gonna pray in the spirit. Amen. Whatever this extra time I have, prayed in the spirit. He told me to pray in the spirit. The Lord told me to pray in the spirit. And I had this urge, so I was praying and worshiping, and then I kind of just resided and the worship music was playing. And my car's kind of old, so I didn't have like a loud speaker, so I moved my phone from where it was at to up here, and I was getting off an exit, and decided to look down at my phone, and went like this, and swerved, and it was like, when I looked up, I was within inches of the cement median, and I swerved back, and instantly... The Holy Spirit was like you were praying for yourself
1: when I was told you to pray in tongues. Yeah, amen. Really awesome. Amen. Glory. That's walking with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit, and it's just ought to be the norm. We hear the testimonies sometimes. We think, well, he did that to her because she's super spiritual because she's you know raised up in a great family and. Now, how many of you know there's no respect of persons? Amen. He, he's our father. He's all of our fathers, isn't he? And, you, and he wants to be one with us. Sometimes we want the experience, but we forget that he uses us and he's one with us. So, so we just, we can just simply relax and be ourselves. Some of, some of the greatest things I've seen is just to relax and I'm, I was myself and I, I can't say an angel came and spoke i i you i've told the story a thousand times i was in argentina and i wanted to get something to eat i was hungry so i went out on the sidewalk to get a burger and i had a and, and i met some ukrainian missionaries amazing miracle why cuz the spirit led me cuz i was hungry so well that's not spiritual well, I believe it is if you're one with the Lord. I remember one time we were living in Moscow, Terry and I and the three boys, and we were on the 20th floor of our apartment building, uh, uh, which is a big change from having several acres and fruit trees and, and uh, we're living in this apartment and I, and I don't know why, but one evening I just started to feel like a caged lion. I didn't want to be in this box in the sky. And I'm walking from room to room and thinking about throwing chairs out the windows for excitement. And I, I, I didn't want to be in And I, and I said, come on, everybody, let's get dressed. Let's, let's go down to the center of the town. Well, it's an hour. But not, I mean, not just you get dressed and you gotta get, you gotta walk to the metro. You gotta take the metro. It's an hour down. What are you going to do down there? I don't know. I just want to get out of here. I got, I feel like I just want to get it. We, we, we got all the way down to the center of, Moscow, walking on the main street of Moscow near the Kremlin. And, and what happened? Dale! I turn around and there's this guy literally with tears in his eyes. He'd come from Siberia, pastor, Pastor Olik. He said, I knew you were in Moscow, but I didn't know you were. I've been praying for three days that the Lord would lead me to you. And here you are, and he's jumping up and down. We got to take him back to our apartment so he had a place to stay. And, and he got, he's been praying. how would God lead me? I don't know. I'm just one with him. Just being honest. Just just walk with him on a daily basis. Say, well, you mean the Lord would lead, lead you just that way? Like that just sounds like emotion or that side. Yeah, he, he'll lead you that way. He has emotion. Hebrews ten says you can insult him. Ephesians says don't grieve him. He's not just intellect and he's not he's not just powerful. He's not just wisdom. He has feelings. I've sometimes felt the anger of the Lord. It's not its not pretty. Sometimes I've preached and Terry said, how come you so angry? And I said, because the Lord was. I'll blame Him. And He was. I remember uh, one time. You got time for one more story? I don't know what time it is. There's no clock. That's grace. But anyhow... <laughs> And uh, you come up when you're supposed to, because that's the rules. It's not you. And uh, oh, there is a clock here. Look at that. Yeah, well, get rid of that. Anyhow. So. (laughs) So. (laughs) I was in. the. uh, I took a young man, Jeff, with me to uh, Eastern Europe, and we were in three different countries. And, or two different countries. And, uh, we went first into Belarus, and then we went by train into Ukraine, and then we were to return to Ukraine, or Belarus, for a conference where the Copelands were coming in. It's actually the second conference. And Stephen Horning, a good friend of mine and a missionary in Andorra, which is between Spain and France, uh, he wanted to join, so he was going to come and fly to Poland and take a train into Belarus. So he had that all scheduled, and he was going to be in the train station. Uh, I don't remember the date, of course, it was too long ago. But let let's say th- let's say Thursday night, he's going to be on the train platform, arriving let's say Thursday night, and and I knew about it and had it written in my day timer, a little date book I, I carried back then. This is before computers. And uh, some of you can't imagine that, and uh, had had it, had it written in there. So when I flew into Belarus and I met Jeff, I said, "Look, we we don't know really where we're going. We're just going to see what God opens up in Ukraine. But no matter what, we got to be back here by this Thursday to pick him up at the at the train station. That's that's what the key." And so he knew all about that. We went into Ukraine. We ministered in several churches. We ended up in this church. In the south part of Ukraine called Mariupol. And, and I told them, well, you know, with the schedules of flights and stuff, I'm going to have to leave on this one day. And they said, well, uh, which probably was, was Tuesday. And they said, well, if we can get you another flight home, could you stay one more day? Cause God was really moving and they didn't want to lose what God was doing. And I said, well, if you can show, if you can guarantee that you can get me back there, cause I got to pick him up on Thursday. Cause I got our date book out. And and, and and so if you can get me there, well, yeah, I'll stay another day. And so they figured it out that there's another city with an air, airport where they could get a, a flight the next day. And they said, now you preach Wednesday night. But when that door opens over there, doesn't matter what time the sermon that door opens. There's going to be a car out there. That means you got to go. Because back then, you know, they had to, these guys had to drive five hours and buy the plane ticket and then drive back to the church to pick me up and then drive five more hours to get me back to the airport. Just so their church could have one more sermon. I could start crying just thinking about it. But, whew, I got three quarters of the way through the sermon and the Lord said, make an altar call for blind people. And we had six or seven blind people come up front. And I prayed, for the blind, and I'm about halfway through praying for the blind, and that door opened up. And I just went like this and prayed for the rest of them and walked out never saw what happened and got on the plane. Pause that story. A year later, I came back, and they met me at the airport with a 72-year-old woman, and she'd memorized the English. She said, once I was blind, now I see. One, one, one in that group. It was born blind at seventy-two. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So those fellas driving fifteen hours. I guess it was worth it. Amen. But anyway, so we we went and got on the plane, drove five hours, got on the plane, flew to Minsk, Belarus. We got into the hotel Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon. I guess it was th- Thursday afternoon, and we get in there and we're sharing a room, and and Jeff says. We got. We just praise God. We just got time to to head out to the train station, and I said, "Oh, well, that ain't till tomorrow." He said, "No, it's tonight." I said, "No, it's tomorrow." He said, "He said Dale, it's tonight. We've been we've been doing this whole thing when that whole ordeal of that extra day was so we could get here Thursday night, and by God, we're here Thursday night. What? Have you lost your mind?" And I said. Young man, because he was younger than me, I said it's tomorrow and I ought to know my own schedule. So we went to bed. I never even looked at the date timer. So then on Friday, we'd drive, get a taxi, and we'd go to the train station. And There he is. We just missed the train. He just got off the train. He's jumping up and down. He's like, praise God, you came back. You came back. I I knew when they stopped me in in Poland and wouldn't let me get on the train that you'd be waiting for me and you wouldn't know where I was and I hoped you had enough sense to come back the next day. And I said, huh? (laughs) And I opened up my day timer and it was Thursday night. Jeff was right the whole time. But I had this cocklebur in my spirit. And I can't even explain it except I was mad at this young coot who presumed to know my schedule. I yelled at him and got in an argument over it. What is that? I don't know. Being one with him. Being one with him. Not just in intellect, not just in knowledge, not just in wisdom, but even in emotions. He's a person. And I failed tonight if I don't motivate you to spend time with him talk to him let your hair down you know he knows all your problems you 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 can trust him with him he knows all your fears he, he knows all your disappointments i've i've had him come on me three times shaving i don't know why i hate shaving so i guess i'm thinking of other things when i shave but three times in my in my life, he's come up while I was shaving. He said, "Have I offended you?" And then he's then he'd talk about an issue. Uh, no, Lord, you haven't offended me. I'll deal with that. He's concerned about you. Stand up on your feet. Let's minister to him a little bit. Lift your hands and just minister in fellowship with the Holy Spirit while John and the worship team comes. He's my best friend. I don't have anyone that knows me like He knows me. I don't know anyone like I know Him. He's my best friend and He he wants to know you. Many of us, we've had a long walk with the Lord in our life. And we do know Him and He does know us. But yet, deeper still. Deeper still, O Lord. I hear so many talking about how they want to go to a new level or they want more. I don't really ever feel like they know what they're asking. More of You doesn't mean anything other than Longer conversation. Deeper conversation. More honest heartfelt. More gut level. For everyone within the sound of my voice, it's my prayer for you that you'd open up. Draw nigh to me, he said. Draw nigh to me. Draw nigh to me. It means take the first step. It means get closer. It doesn't mean... Fast and pray. It doesn't mean read 50 chapters in the Bible. It doesn't mean memorize 10 more verses. It means talk to Him like you talk to your friend. Acquaint yourself with Him. I asked the Lord one time, What was the worst day of your life? You know, you you see little kids sitting around getting acquainted. They say, What's your favorite color? Who's your favorite team? I the Lord, "What what was the worst day of your life? He said, when I walked into the garden and I called out Adam's name and no one answered. I'll never forget that. I said, well, what was the greatest day of your life, Lord? When I heard my son call my name from the pit of hell. Woo-wee. He's, You know, the book of Psalms says heaven bent down. I like that. Mm. Well, I don't know what you want to do, John, but I'm lost in the spirit already, so it's all yours, sir. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'm going to set the song up a bit, otherwise you're going to think I'm missing it. But I think if I set it up, you know I'm not. Because this is a song that Dale preached one one day and I got the whole song while I was sitting there huh. and then I went home and the Holy Spirit said "Here yeah. the chords yeah and uh so we're gonna do it but it's not like a little soft pretty song this is a
1: we, well I don't want to cry in my beard huh it's yeah
3: <laughs> nobody's dog died the, the pickup isn't broken and grandma is still praying I don't know <laughs> This is about the Word of God, how you apply it to your life, how it works for you. So, and it's fun. So I have a little fun. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, and I should say that on the way here, I was driving and a car was coming over and the Holy Spirit said, slow down right now. And I slowed down and the car came over right in front of me, almost almost clipped oh. the front of my bumper and it was just like, yeah. So, another uh, another car story. <laughs> anyway. Not about me, it's about God. Amen. Here we go.
1: Up, praise them one more time thank you Lord God for your presence Father for these people who've received the word and brought their sacrifice of praise before you I thank you that you would seal it and make it good this week and show yourself strong on their behalf and fellowship with them in the morning fellowship with them driving in the car walking on the street sitting at their desk going about their way fellowship with them even as we would fellowship with you we bless you for it in Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. And now, in exactly the same way we fellowship with the Holy Ghost, we can go downstairs and fellowship with one another. Amen. It's the same thing. Amen. Love on one another as you go. Amen. Take care of one another. Ask them how they're doing. Remember, one way we love God's by loving one another. Amen.
0: Welcome to Church of the Word International. Are you excited to be here tonight? It's always a good time to rejoice with fellow worshipers. Amen. I'm gonna read to you out of Psalms chapter five. It says, But all but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Are you taking refuge in the Lord tonight? In whatever situations you're facing. We have a refuge in him. It says, let them ever sing for joy. What do you need? Some joy in your life. Maybe you need to start singing. You sing for joy. And it says, and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as a shield. Isn't that just a beautiful picture? Favor on you like a shield. The favor of God as your protection. So, no matter what you're facing, no matter what circumstances, I'm just going to encourage you, lay that down. Release it. We have much to rejoice about. Amen? We have much to rejoice about that. The favor of God is on us. We have a refuge in His name. So, let's worship.
3: Everybody say, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. E aí Your promises are yes and amen. Say it after me. All your promises are yes and amen. Your word will not return void, but it accomplishes what you sent it to do. Amen. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for each and every person here. Our prayers that you would speak to our hearts tonight that our ears and our hearts would be open to receive all that you have for us. Thank you for the goodness of your word. Thank you for the fellowship that we have together and the unity that takes place here. Jesus' name, amen. So how's everybody doing? Wiggle a little for me. Let me know you're all still alive. There we go. So this is the part where someone else normally does it, so I'm probably going to fail miserably, but I'll try anyway. so so what we want to do is dismiss the children at this time so children you're free to go the young young children the juniors are upstairs tonight though I've just been informed I'm I'm getting there And and then one way that we love God is by loving on one another so take time to do that right now
0: Well, good evening again. We'd like to welcome anyone that's here for the first time. So if you're here for the first time, could you raise your hand so we can give you a warm welcome? All right. Family in the house tonight. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord this evening. So if you need a cash envelope for your giving, just raise your hand. If you're giving my credit card, do fill out all of the blanks legibly. And... Aren't you so thankful that God is more than willing and more than able to meet every need that you will ever encounter? Philippians 4.19, we all know it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad it's not according to your bank account? (laughs) According to his riches. Well, let's back up. Verse 15 says... um, let me just say this. This was a promise that was given on the heels of their giving. So you'll see that here. Verse 15 says And you, Philippians yourselves, know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Did you catch that? Fruit or reaping, harvest on the heels of their giving. It says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Isn't that what we all want our offerings to be to the Lord? Pleasing and acceptable. And then it says, and my God will supply every need. Of yours according to his riches and glory. So, do you see the connection between your giving, your priority you're placing on the work of God, the priority you place on putting him first, and your needs being met? So, there is a connection. So, let's just return the tithe and give our offerings to the Lord with a pure heart. Let's pray over that. Father, we're thankful to you again tonight that you never leave us, you never forsake us, and every obstacle, every need we could ever encounter, you have an answer and a solution for it, and so I just thank you for your word and your promises, and we just call these tithers blessed, and we call every need in the house met according to your word in their giving, in Jesus' name, amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord All right, the couple things in the bulletin, actually quite a few things. So um, tomorrow evening, there's youth impact here at the church. Saturday is the ladies' breakfast, so um, again, we set a place for every name that's on the list. so uh, make sure your name is on that list if you plan to attend Saturday. <clears throat> and that is at 8: 30 a.m. If you're graduating this year, uh, high school or college, sign up in the back so we can congratulate you. And I also wanted to mention, I know many of you maybe know this, um, but just a reminder that we have a nursing mother's room in the back. So nursing moms, if you need a place to go for just quiet and privacy, it's in the back there. And dads, we know that sometimes you have uh, diaper duty. So that's great. We applaud that. Good job. Uh, If you don't mind, just change diapers down in the nursery and just, you know, be cautious and aware that you may walk in on a nursing mother in that room. So let's not give them cause for concern. (laughs) Um, Also, Pastor Sid, you may be wondering, where's the pastor? Well, he is in Colorado this weekend. So he was teaching LTS Um, I think he said he had about five sermons between uh, this morning and tomorrow morning. So, you know, um, he's most of the way through that, but be praying for him. And okay. also downstairs. Now, this is important. I know we've been talking about it from the pulpit more than once. But Tuesday, everybody know what Tuesday is? Yeah, voting day. So you're going to be out voting, and you're going to vote in righteousness. Amen? All right. You're going to know who you're voting for. Um, I know that um, we should all be doing our research who who 's the right person to vote for. I know that in our district, um, we have someone who has cross filed as a Republican, but he 's actually a Democrat, so for one of the for the school board board members. So be watchful for that. Do your homework um, don 't just vote party lines on on some of these small elections. They really matter. It really is where it counts. I just want to say that downstairs on the table in the entrance, there is some voter information on the ballot questions because these questions are really important. I know you all know that, just there's information down there and also for um, a candidate, a Republican candidate for the PA Supreme Court, Patricia Patrick, I believe is her name. I've heard good things about her from more than one person who's been researching the candidates. So, um, again, do your responsibility as a citizen of this great nation and vote righteously.